You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode four hundred and ninety. I'm your host, Ricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Alex. I was about to have a legendary meltdown on this computer setup that I got over here uh, before you came. I was gonna have a meltdown like your computer almost did a couple weeks ago, Tricky. Yeah, he brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. You know, I wish the fans could have heard that because that was absolutely hilarious. And on t- turn on the computer, and, and, freeze. And on t- turn on the computer, freeze. Restart. Skype doesn't <laughs> recognize your account. Reset your password. All while computer freezes while you turn try to turn off the webcam. And then angrily unplug the webcam and, and proceed onward. And then on top of that, Tricky's a horrible troll. How am I a troll? What did I do? I, I we, we can't we can't talk about it. We're not allowed to talk. We're about not allowed it? to talk about it. But, Look, but we, you know that Tricky is a troll. You're, He's is, this, is this like we, Fight Club? You're, 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 you're a horrible troll. No. Okay. So, how can I do this without saying it? Okay. You remember... Well, I can take this out of the show, so... That you... No, no. We're, we're, we, we can keep it going. So, you texted me and Alex and said that you were going to troll the community and that we needed to play along. Oh, 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 oh. And I'm oh, just oh, saying oh. you're a horrible troll. You're the. I think you only got it because you know what it is. <laughs> but See, no, don't give give our listeners more credit. They can pick up on that like a Doberman, like the, the like a Doberman can well, pick up what, on. That's why I said he hit him upside the head with a four by four. Bang! All right. Well, Tricky Tricky is a wrestling fan, and I, I guarantee Tricky grew up watching Hacksaw, Hacksaw Jim, Jim Duggan. Duggan. <laughs> All right, we have a guest. Uh, he is. The master of the legit, but he still doesn't know the difference between an achievement and a trophy. It's Levi. You know, Tricky, I, I know the difference. I, I play dumb just to see how many dozens of times you will explain the difference to me. See, I'm going to prove it to you. I'll prove it right now. Achievements yeah. is strictly for Xbox and Game Pass, and trophies are strictly for PlayStation. Uh, well, see, okay, you're you're half right, but achievements are also for Steam. Okay, close so. enough. It's I was, PC. Who actually, cares? I was two thirds of the way right. Two thirds. Okay, I'll go two thirds. I mean, legitimately, they're in-game goals, but they're just named different things for each system. There may be small similar, small differences here and there, but for the most part, it's the same idea. Yes, it's it's the same idea, but uh, Levi was going around saying he was going to get his first platinum in a game. So, uh, but he was playing playing it on PC. So technically, what I have been was originally calling my first two platinums to be uh, will actually both be achievements. Um, what is a hundred percent achievement? Is that like full achievement? I think it's just a hundred percent achievement. Okay. Yeah. So I won't have any platinums. I should have two one hundred percent achievements. I have. Let's see. On Half-Life 2, I have all of the achievements except for the one where you have to go through and get all the caches. And I missed them, this playthrough. And everybody's like, oh, you need to go watch, you know, the YouTube video for nine hours. Or you you need to read this booklet. Then I, I'm not, I mean, 
if I get a 100%, it will be from my own steam, my own work, not from somebody else's. So I'm, I'm not going that route. If I find them all, I will have 100%. The other game, which I think I will have regardless, is the medium, because I only need one achievement for it, and it's not that tough. So by the end of the year, I should have 200% achievements. All right, I think the term... And I'm not and I'm not trolling here. I think the term for getting all the achievements in the game on Xbox is called uh, just a thousand gamer score. No, oh, yeah. I think that's the term. I have heard that. Okay. So. Alright, so let's do as we do every week and give you our updated trophy count. I am level six hundred and sixteen with fourteen thousand three hundred and sixty trophies, two hundred and sixty eight platinums. I picked up another one, but we don't have to talk about it. Alex. Did somebody update trophies before we started? Yes, I did. Yes, we did. No, I did. All right, level 444 with a total trophy count of 7,341 and a platinum count of 112 in 111 games. I updated my trophies too, sir. And I updated them again because they were wrong. Did I short myself? No, you got two more. That's so I shorted myself. Oh, yeah, All right, you uh, yield, what's your trophy? I gained two levels this week. I'm sitting at 453. My total trophy count is... Seven five eight three, and my platinum count is sitting at one thirty two. I got two platinums this week. All right, since we're not talking about mine, we'll talk about yours. What did you get? After party and Scully. All right. Sid is level 518 with total trophies of 10,473 with 180 platinums. Levi. I am level 184, and my total count is now 713. I've actually been playing a decent amount of PlayStation 4 lately. You know, Death Stranding. I got quite a few on Death Stranding. Um, I'm doing my Final Fantasy VII playthrough. I'm actually on the last chapter. A lot of lot of uh, trophies for that. And then also I'm doing my first God of War playthrough, which I've, I've popped several trophies for those. So three really big PlayStation 4 games that I'm, I'm really enjoying. But uh, unfortunately, still no Platinums. All right, so let's just roll into what we're playing because you kind of went into it. You playing anything else besides that? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm going to save this one for because it's a listener question. Homer has a question, so we'll save that one. But um, I'm also I'm playing the Ascent, which is a, a Game Pass uh, day one from I, what I believe is an indie developer. I've never heard of them. I don't know that they've ever even made a game before this. But um, it's the Ascent. Um, it's, I don't, I don't even know how to describe the game. It is RPG. It is dungeon crawler style. Um, it is not roguelite, um, but it, it feels like a lot of the other Xbox studio games. It feels almost like a Wasteland 3. If you took Wasteland 3 and crossed it with Hades and then crossed it with just a generic, um, top-down RPG, you, you would have The Ascent. And it's actually a wonderful game. It's not even my style of game, um, but it is so well done. I'm enjoying it, and uh, I'll finish the playthrough. But, uh, yeah, those PlayStation games mentioned The Ascent, and I'm saving one for later. Uh, Levi, what are, your, what are your thoughts on God of War so far? I know you said it's, it's a little too hack and slash. It's a good your, game. Um, it's a good game. Uh, my understanding is the story gets a little deeper. I think I'm about seven hours in, which puts me at maybe 25% of the way. 
Um, I mean, I like it. Um, the first three God of Wars, I couldn't stand them. It is just pure hack and slash. This one is actually kind of an action-adventure game that is fused with a hack and slash that actually has a pretty good story. It's, uh, you know, it's a good adventure game. I'm not going to say it's one of my favorites, but it's a good little game. It's definitely a game that I will finish. Did you, uh, did that first big fight in the game... Did that blow your mind? Because Tricky was all about that fight. Like he he described it as a superhero fight. I didn't buy into it quite as much. What were your feelings yeah, right on that first big? Hold on, which one are you referring what? to? Kratos versus uh, the Stranger. I guess that's what he was referred to early on. In the oh, okay, yeah, like your very first guy. Yeah, I mean it was it was a good. It didn't stand out as like anything out of this world, but I enjoyed it. I just I described it as the best ser- uh, superhero fight in a video game ever. Wow. Well, it was, it was, I I told you Tricky went a little over the top with it, but they're not superheroes. Look, you're trying to get literal into what I'm saying. I mean, they may be gods, but, I mean, I guess Thor is a god and a superhero, but, I don't know. I just, I just thought, you know. Maybe it was the best godly fight ever. No. No. No? No? Okay. I, I, would, right. I think that Tricky would even have to admit that the final fight in the in that game was more of a a godly superhero fight than the first one. Negative. Really. I mean, I, I was I was a little disappointed with the final fight in that game because for me it was too easy. But well, that's because you overpowered it. See, the only reason I say the fight with the stranger uh, is the best hero, it's because it's what you would expect. If two superheroes that are evilly matched are going back and forth at each other, like when you think it's over, it ain't over. Okay. okay well, here's the they thing. did beat the crap out of each did. other. They beat they, the shit out of each other. They did. But here's the thing: that character, that that villainous character, the antagonist in that game, they did a really good job of making you hate that character. And I think it was a good pick for the for a the final first boss in this series arc in the God of War I, franchise. I actually never hated him. I felt sorry for him at the end. But, okay, but here... I mean, maybe. I, I, I couldn't stand the guy. But maybe, like, I feel like there was a lot more they could have done with that character, especially the fights. So, Tricky, by, you know, your estimation, the first fight between the two of them is the best part in that game, right? The best fight in a video game ever, yes. And it's all downhill from there. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's downhill. I mean, well, I guess it would have to be downhill by definition, but but yeah, some of the stuff, it never gets the, it, it never gets to the point where it's bad. But it's it's I don't really the the quick time event fight in the air was not bad. <sighs> Listen, there's always going to be a debate when it comes to quick time events uh, whether or not. I mean, there's a lot of things like uh, in the games I'm playing, The Walking Dead, like the quick time events. It it kind of like. You go from a walking sim to a quick time event to accomplish things. Quick time events are always going to be uh, frowned upon just because you're not actually doing the work. You're just pressing the button and things are happening. Yeah, but like when it comes to Sony Santa Monica, they do such a good job with a sense of scale and like set pieces and battles in video games. And for that particular fight in the air where there's very quick timey, like that's something I would expect on the PS2. That's not something that I would expect on the PS4. They could have done a lot more with that set piece, and it would have been really cool. But I feel like they phoned it in. Well, okay. To to just you know full transparency, I don't really remember the fight you're talking about because it's been a while since I played and platted it. Um, so I don't really. You're, you're remember. in the air on a, a winged animal. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't really remember it yet. Well, that's not a great sign either because you don't even remember it. I've played like countless games after that. Uh, anyway, one of your favorite uh, games, obviously you it wasn't it. memorable fight. Okay, no, uh, Levi, it is a really good game, but I do have some quibbles with it, not just with the gameplay, but also with the story. But I think overall you will enjoy it, and you know, it is like I said, markedly different combat-wise and approach-wise from the the earlier God of Wars, the Grecian God of Wars. So if you didn't like those, I don't think you'll be turned off by the combat in this one. I agree, and that's kind of how I feel so far. All right, Alex. Whoa, Alex. Whoa, I'm sorry. Alex has the big, the big announcement. So I should go first or go next. The big announcement. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Alex, don't say yet. Yield your. Okay. So I was wrong. I said Scully and After Party for my platinums. It was actually Scully and uh, Black the Fall. Those were my two platinums this week. So I've been playing Black the Fall. Been playing Scully, Rocket League on Thursdays with the guys. Uh, played a fun little co-op puzzle game called Death Squared at my buddy's house on Friday. Uh, everybody's Golf, Hell Divers, and uh, Baja Edge of Control. Pretty sure that's everything I've played this week. All right, all right, and I have been playing. Uh, since we're making Alex go last, I have been playing some Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I finished up the Walking Dead Michonne. What do you think? And Michonne? Oh, no, sorry, not Michonne. Uh, uh, and I'm, work- I'm working on the third one now. Is the the, not the fi- Frontier? Not the final Frontier. Is it just called Frontier? Yeah. I thought it was something. Anyway, what do you think of Frontier so far? I just finished the first episode. I'm working on the second episode now. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I guess I can spoil it now, right? It's been years. Well, I don't know. It's a new frontier, by the way. Oh, new frontier. I don't know. If that, if uh, that depends if Alex wants to go play it or not. Well, Alex has said, Alex has said that uh, he doesn't plan to play any more of the Walking Dead games. Okay, well, then you can spoil it away. I only done the first episode so far, so I haven't really uh, dived that much into it. I will say that Clementine is a little bit of a badass in this one. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, so okay, I don't want to spoil it, but it. I have some questions. Yield. All right, I'll try to answer them without spoiling. Um. I really don't know how to do this without spoiling. So, spoiler alert if you haven't played the New Frontier yet. Uh, at the end of the first episode, um, Kate, who was the person from uh, season two, uh, finds out she's pregnant mm-hmm. and then hangs herself. Mm-hmm. I found that a little weird. No, I don't. Well, this, this is why I find it weird. If Kate knows she's going to off herself, right? Mm-hmm. Why would she hang herself and not shoot herself in the head? So, Be- hold, hold okay. on. Because at the, at the time, Clem has AJ. And she's eventually, Kate's going to turn after she dies and is going to leave Clem to take dispose of the body. So not only did Kate leave Clem alone with the baby, which is an odd choice, but... She left herself in a way where she could potentially hurt Clem or AJ. I 
Now that, okay, that thinking, I don't know. Maybe she just didn't want to shoot herself in the head. Okay. Okay. And my second question is, and I'm sure this is probably going to get answered, is in the first episode, Clem is a little badass and she's out doing this and she's pulling off deals. Where the hell is AJ? That will be explained later. 10-4. Uh, but that's what I've been playing. So, Alex. Yeah. Let's add a little drum roll into here. What have you been playing, sir? Well, I feel like this is going to be anticlimactic for the people that saw the Facebook thread. But uh, aside from Rocket League, aside from trying to pin- finish up the Pokemon, the new Pokemon Snap DLC that came out last week. Oh, I, come on. Get to it already. I'm adding to the suspense. Yeah. People are on the edge of their seat. They're waiting. Uh, I got a PlayStation 5. Thanks to my girlfriend, Ashley, and Tricky through some, some chicanery on their part. So if you all listen to last week's episode, you'll know that there was supposedly some person who came and bought the PlayStation that Tricky offered me with money. Well, it turns out that that person didn't buy it with money or straight cash. It was just my girlfriend who contacted Tricky, and they managed to get the PS5 for me because I was kind of wishy-washy on it. And, you know, Tricky misrepresented the bundle. But, uh, yeah. I got that bundle, I got the digital bundle, and I have been playing some PlayStation 5. I played Rocket League on the PlayStation 5, and I will say that it's really cool to go into your library. Uh, I'll say the PS5 setup is slick. I really like the main menu system. I like the menu system. They got a little tab on the top for games, and another tab you click on, it takes you to your media, like your your apps for like watching movies, and TV, Hulu, uh, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, whatever. But, uh, no, I like the setup. It looks really slick. And, uh, but, like, just, you know, the fact that you can go into the store and download games that you bought for the 4 and play them on your 5 is fantastic. I love that. And, you know, getting set up in Rocket League, you know, signing in, and uh, just having all my stuff pretty much Let ready me ask to go. you, is that just the digital games, or can you play, like, your, your physical games of PS4 on the PS5? Your digital games. Yeah, your digital games. <clears throat> well, oh, hold on. Hold, well, hold on. I mean, Alex has the digital edition. You, there is a uh, disc version in which you can play your physical games. Oh, okay, but, I the, got you. but it's it's mostly so. We should clarify that it's mostly you know what? How many PS4 games that you can play on there, or can you play most of them? Because it was like what a hundred or something like that. Initially, I think it was all but a hundred. All but a hundred. Okay, but yes, it ba- the basically the backwards compatibility doesn't go any further, so it's just PS4. So let me ask you, you, Alex. So when you went into your library for the first time, yes. did did it show all of? the four games that you had yet to download? Kind of, kind of like the, the four did where you went into your library and you started off, here's all the games you haven't downloaded, here's all the ones that you have. Is it similar to that? So just when I went into the menu system, uh, into the store, my games that I had purchased for the four were showing up intermixed with games that I had not purchased yet, like on the five. Okay. So it gave me like a list, like a grid of all these games, ones that I could purchase and play on the five, but then also games, you know, popular games like Rocket League was towards the top of games that I had purchased and then could download to my five based on me buying it on the four. So what about so, my, like my PS4 plus library? Is it going to be on there? Yes. Neat. Yeah. No, it's really cool. And like getting into Rocket League because, you know, with Rocket League, I had to, you know, Setting up Twitch on my on the PS5 was really easy because I'm used to playing on the four. And you know, once I signed in, it loaded up all my stuff in Rocket League, all my presets for my cars, my friends list, and everything. So um, 
Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was a seamless transition on the 5. And there's just something really cool, like when you get a new phone, like how you can, you know, you get to like pick out like a new background wallpaper and like up like update all your apps or download new apps on your phone. Like there's a, such a really cool experience about getting some kind of new piece of technology that you can outfit and then, you know, decorate with all this different stuff and, you know, download all this, you know, do you, transfer over your... Do you think that's going to hurt their sales? I mean, like, for, for example, PlayStation 4 rolled out, you know, they, they sold... A ton of the PS3 games, the, your most popular PS3 games, like The Last of Us and the, you know, GTA 5 and Elder Scrolls, they almost all had a PS4 version. So now it's just going to roll over, and people aren't going to have to pay for that. Do you think this is going to hurt their sales of games? I don't, no, I don't, because I you don't want to make people buy games again, like. It, you know, everyone crows about the Xbox, the Series S and X, and you know, um, and I guess maybe it's just the X with, that has the backwards compatibility. But ever that was a big selling point for for Microsoft. But you you don't really think about it until you can you know, like you go into this menu system and like, or at least I didn't think about it. About how many of my games are like that I was going to be able to play all my digital games on the five, just re-download them and they're on the five. So I. I don't think they're going to miss out on sales of games because they're not making people buy games again. They can just re-download them. If that that is your question, Levi, you, did I answer that or? I, well, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't I see I don't how it couldn't. I, I don't see how it couldn't hurt their sales. So you know, for for example, let's roll this back a generation. You know, PS4 rolls out. What I'm saying is they automatic they started selling. You know, The Last of Us. You know, they sold a, a port of that on the PS4. Um, GTA 5, they, they sold Skyrim. All of these games, you you had to buy that to play it on the PS4. It did, wasn't like an automatic, you get all these, these games. Now with the PS5, people they're not going to have to buy them anymore like they did last year. It's automatic. So my question is, will that hurt their sales? I don't see how it couldn't hurt their sales of video games. Yeah, but if you're, say, say someone buys Rocket League on the 4, and then they have to turn around and buy it again on the 5, or have an upgrade fee, is that not going to piss people off? Uh, I'm not saying it won't or, or it will. I'm just saying last gen, I noticed that a lot of the top-selling PS4 games, historically, were actually PlayStation 3 games. So, I mean, we're talking millions of games they sold that were just... The last generation's games, they just poured it into the PS4 and stuck another $60 price tag on them. And it worked. I mean, look at the controversy right now, especially on this show, about Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, get I, it, but hey, um, I, I, I don't I see mean, how this would, could knock them out of that, some sales. But I, but I think that you would hope that Sony... Like, that... that that ability to just download your games and play them without having to pay for at least some of them again. Like, uh, so Levi, you mentioned GTA. Right. There's going to be a specific PS5 version of GTA of GTA 5, correct, Ricky? You, is yes, that a game is. you can you can't just download that and play it again on the five? Well, you could, but you're playing the PlayStation 4 version. But there okay. is going to be a dedicated uh, PS5 version of it, which people will probably buy. And don't get me wrong, because I like the idea of this being able to. I love it. I think it's great, but. I do think it will cost them some sales of, of digital games. True, but also you would figure there's enough new games coming out for the system that even if it's available on the 4, if you have a 5, you're not going to buy the game on the 4, you're just going to buy it on the 5. 
So you would figure that there's enough new games out there. In order, because like one of the things now we've talked about is, Yield and I were talking about, oh, I'll buy, you know, the New Horizon for the four. I don't have to now. I can just buy it for the five. And God of War, the new God yeah, of War Ragnarok, I can buy it for the five. So there's, my yeah, guess is can. there's enough new game. There's tons of games out and available to play. You know, we talked about how they started with the PlayStation Plus every month. They're starting to release games, or they have been for half a year now, releasing games for free on release on PlayStation Plus. I mean, they've done that in the past with certain games. I think Stacking was one of those games in uh, the PS3 era. You know, Rocket League was one of those games for the PS4. So they're doing that now more and more, almost every month, where it's like, hey, this is a new game, and you can play it for free if you have Plus. So I think that there's going to be more than enough for people to play on the 5, and that people want to purchase on the 5, where it's really, they're not going to miss those sales. And in, in, in general, what I believe about business is, one of the things, something like that engenders goodwill with your customer base. So if, if you open, because look how it's one of the first things I mentioned about the five is that opening it up and being able to go into the store and download a game like Rocket League, which I've already played, paid for and I play all the time still, being able to download that for free and play it for free on my five, even if it's, you know, PS4 graphics, like that's great. I love that. And if I'm happy with something like that, I'm more willing to spend money on the five because you've made me happy because now I have a bunch of games like say you've got a game that you haven't finished on the four and you just want to restart it again on the five you can and you don't have to pay you know anything to get that on your five you just have to redownload it so engendering goodwill amongst your players and making your players feel like you're getting value for what they purchased that goes a long way and I think in a way that does better for Sony than actually just selling them another version of a game all right, uh, I kind of have ste- stepped away because I grabbed some food, but um, oh, I actually never ha- got into what I was playing. <laughs> oh, so all right, so go into what you're playing. Uh, so yeah, I-, I talked about some of the stuff a little bit, but really the main thing on the five, R- Rocket League was the first thing I played on the five, and like I said, it was a it was a very seamless transition from one console to another as far as my profile goes. It was it was super easy, and you know, Tricky now, said did it you was- have. The- I'm sorry, did you have the same problem that me and Dupes had where it controlled just a hair differently? No, I had no issues. Okay. It, it was it, it was like I it was like it felt like home like I had, had always been playing on the five so but um the 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 first PS five exclusive game I played was if you're gonna play the first game that everyone should probably play on the five as far as a new game goes should probably be Astro's Playroom because it introduces you to the controller it's it's just kind of uh, obviously more fleshed out tech demo I don't think it's fair to call it a tech demo I'd say it's a full game. Um, but it is charming. What's that? I said, that's what I kept saying, but everybody's like, no, it's a, just a tech demo. It's, it's more than tech demo. Anyone who says that it's a tech demo, I, I don't know how to explain it any easier to you, but it's, it's, it's more of, honestly, you'll probably get more value and time out of that than a lot of the games you'll actually have to pay for. And the fact that it's a free pack in is, and it starts downloading right away is, is very nice. So I enjoyed Astro's Playroom, not only just for the reference, but the, for, the, for the gameplay, it was very charming. Uh, Astro is a, is a cute little mascot character that Sony can have going forward. I can see why Team Asobi is now kind of the head of their, you know, of, you know, their efforts in Japan. Because it was, it was a really well-made, if you want to call it a tech demo, if you want to call it a game, it was just a really well-made experience. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed it, and I think that's the game you everyone should start with. It's short, you know, it's, it's going to be an easy platinum, but it's a lot of fun, and it's very charming, and it introduces the DualSense controller to you. And who can complain with free, so... I'm not quite... I've beaten the game. I've gotten all the collectibles. I just have to go back and get some of the random trophies here and there. 
but yeah, I really enjoyed my time with um, Astro, and I even posted, like, some of the, just the references are, you know, worth playing the game alone. I posted one of my favorite references, which is a reference to Gaius, the third Colossus, the Shadow of the Colossus within the game, so it, uh, yeah, it's, the game, the game is a lot of fun, it's very charming, I'm looking forward to getting to Ratchet and Clank, but yeah, so far my experience with the PlayStation 5 has been very positive. I like the DualSense. Um, the only negatives I will say about Astro's Playroom is I like, I don't like some of the, like, using the touchpad as, like, a, a device to, like, roll the character forward, like, and control them in, like, a ball form. And then using the triggers on the back, kind of with a more spring-like character. Those are some of the aspects of Astro's Playroom I didn't like. So, you know, for me, you know, a control stick, and an analog stick, and then buttons. Like, that's the way I prefer to play. I don't like using a touchpad so much. That kind of extra functionality is not too... And, like, just, you know, motion controls in general is something I've never been super comfortable with. And it's kind of hard to get comfortable with those because they're not used so uniformly. They're not used in every game. So it's like a button and directional pads you use in every game. You know, motion controls you don't. So those kind of things caught me a little off guard. And it was led to a little bit of frustration while playing Astro's Playroom. Uh, but overall, very cute, very charming... And, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to what, just based on what I saw in that game, I'm excited to see what Team Asobi does in the future, because I think they can do some really good stuff. All right. Now, you mentioned that it's basically a glorified tech demo teaches you, uh, well, uh glorified you tech the... demo, again, like the, the ducks in uh, the bathtub, which they reference in, in there for the PS3 section, uh, that, that's a tech demo, but... Okay. Like this, this, I mean, again, I think if you call this a tech demo, that's being very unfair because there's a lot of polish and effort that went into Astro's Playroom. Okay. Uh, let me rephrase my question. Uh, you've been playing Astro's Playroom and it, you said it introduced you to the dual sets. So it's introduced you to the the microphone, the speaker, the haptic feedback. What What's your thoughts on the haptic feedback? Do you like it? Don't like it? I mean, I like it. It's not as prevalent in Astro's Playroom as I thought it would be, but... You know, obviously, it, it, as I play more games, I'll notice more of it. But I feel like I didn't feel like it was a huge part of Astro's Playroom. See, what got me is the the tension and the triggers. Oh when yeah, you, so when we, you're when you're when you basically put on the the suit to become the the monkey or the right. ape. I can't. I don't remember if it had a tail. Uh, the monkey or the ape. Essentially, when you're climbing, there are, are these really sensitive um, nooks that you can grab. And they're kind of crumbling, so if you push down on the trigger all the way, you're going to break that little handhold because it's fragile. Now, when it grows back, you just have to learn to kind of, like, squeeze ever so gently on the trigger. And then that pressure, it's pressure-based. So the, you have to squeeze more gently in order to use that handhold to continue climbing up. That's what you're talking about, right? No, I'm, I'm actually talking about the tension and the actual trigger. Like, you, it, it, it's harder to pull in so much. I think that was more relevant during the, uh, uh, the spring section. Yeah, uh, you can actually feel, and it's uh, you'll you'll notice when you play Ratchet and Clank is now when you fire guns, especially like in games like Call of Duty and stuff like that, the 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 right trigger, the R two button, it vibrates into the fact that the the bullets going pull, so you actually feel like you're pulling an actual trigger. Yeah, and yeah. the dual, the dual controller overall, I was just impressed. Like it, it feels like a heft. It feels hefty. It feels well-made it feels like a decently strong like well put together controller and you don't really like you notice how heavy it is immediately because you're used to holding other lighter controllers but that was one of the first things i noticed it has a cool design a cool look and there's a lot of functionality built in but just it doesn't feel like a cheap piece of crap it feels like a really well-made controller and you can feel that as soon as it's in your hands 
All right. So, uh, so hold what on. Else, what else have you been playing? Oh, that's really it. I've been trying to... Um, Rocket League, we're finishing up the season. We're about to come to the end of Season 3, and then we'll start the new Rocket Pass. Uh, Pokemon DLC, and, um, uh, of course, Astro's Playroom. But uh, probably finish up Astro's Playroom in the next couple days here and start on Ratchet and Clank. But, so, Yield said that I had a big announcement. But I feel like Yield is shortchanging himself because Yield. Yeah. Don't you have something coming your way? Uh, not, not yet. Haven't you purchased something? I've paid for it, but the person I've paid for it hasn't received it yet. Do you want to tell the people what you've paid for? Nah, I'll wait until I actually receive it. Yield, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of anticlimactic as it is because uh, Yield has said that the thing he has purchased, he's probably going to leave in the box for a while. No, but it, it's cool that because of Tricky, Tricky... Through his sources, Tricky has connections. Through his sources, Tricky was able, within a very short window, to get me a PlayStation 5, to get Yield a PlayStation 5, and to get the Brain 76 a PlayStation 5. And our buddy a PlayStation 5. And their buddy a PlayStation 5. So, you know, Yield has his purchased his PlayStation. He doesn't have it yet. Although he has made a deal with his wife that he has to finish some games before he's going to play his PlayStation 5. Because yes. Yield's got a backlog. I got a big backlog. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear about this deal. Uh... Now that the cat's out of the bag, Yield, do you want to tell us about the deal? I got to finish my three games. You have to finish three games? No, no, no. no, 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 no PlayStation no, 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 three games. games. I have to finish my PlayStation 3 games. And how many of those do you have? What do we count? Ten? Around ten? Wow. Yeah, well, right. I mean, Yield has, been, has shown the ability to smash a lot of games in, in quick succession here, so if anyone can do well, it. That's when he's on shutdown. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, also, I, I was able to do. I've been able to knock out more games this year than last year already. Also, hold on. Another question here. One for our guest, Mr. Levi. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, you said it was easy to procure a PlayStation 5 to the point that you were passing by PlayStation 5s in stores. Sir, what are you talking about? He was. Well, you. no, no, actually, I wasn't. But it's my understanding each Walmart gets the same amount of PlayStation 5s when they ship them out. Understand, I'm in a town with a population of 600 people. I'm off in the mountains. You don't have a lot of gamers around here. So on two separate occasions, I have seen them in the stores. Now, that doesn't mean that there hasn't been another 50 occasions that they haven't had them. But twice, I have seen PlayStation 5s. That is far more than I have... That's doubled more than I have seen them in any store in my area. Yeah, but y'all are in, what, New York, New Jersey? Oh, uh, no. Ooh, no. That's, no, no, they're in bumfuck Ohio. And can, we're in the Midwest, bitch. Not, I, I, not I Levi not Tricky. Bumfuck Ohio. You, wait, you... <laughs> that was a little aggressive for you, Yield. Yeah, but yeah, but that was at you. That wasn't at Levi. He's in the, I know, he's in the mountains. He's cool. You're a city... No... Fucker. No, normally when you're raging even toward Rocket League, you say fudge. It's very rare that you actually curse. No, he's been cursing more recently. He dropped the fudge uh, a few weeks ago. And and <laughs> games and controllers, they're always stocked full. So any, now, I any game you want, um, and any of those uh, dual sense controllers, you, you can pick up all you want any day. Oh, oh yeah. I went to 
Last time I checked out my local Walmart, they had like 16, 18 dual cents and not a single PlayStation 5. They're actually well, they're actually out of I have only seen the Xbox Series X one time. So even though they're apparently a little more common, I've seen the Xbox Series X less than I've seen the PS5. Oh, I I have not seen any Xbox Series yeah. X anywhere. So the, the only even, modern even if they're console, more common, they're still hard as hell to oh, find. Yeah. The only modern console I've seen is a Switch. And that's been recent. I saw the Switch for the first time in a year, like probably two weeks ago. In Actually, I, I take like, that back. Shit. It wasn't the X. It was the small one, the um, the S, the little digital yes. three hundred dollar one. That's that's what they had. Yeah, that one. That one I can actually go to my local Best Buy right now and pick up. Yeah, I believe you know, that. As, Not as, that I would. As much as Yield bemoans the move to digital, what we can probably think, and you know, availability of games in stores because there are not as many. Because some people are just at home buying, downloading, downloading the digital version. That probably means that there's a better availability of physical copies in stores because you don't have as many people buying for physical content. All right, just in the interest of time, we're going to move on here. Well, I sure hope uh, so. We're almost 40 minutes into the show. You got yelled at me hot calling us saying we're from bumfuck nowhere. Yeah. Well, you are from bumfuck nowhere. How am I from bumfuck nowhere? You, actually, uh, I, I don't know if Ashley told you this, but there was actually a funny thing with your PS5, and then we'll go on over topics. Did is you that see why the, where is that why the outside of the box was all bashed up? Now, did you see where the actual uh, PlayStation 5 shipped from originally? Yeah, so folks, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. It's not New York, it's not Chicago, but it's over a million people. Anyway, we have Amazon warehouses, I think, at least in Lexington, which is an hour and a half away, and Shepherdsville, which is really close to, to Jefferson County where I live. So my PlayStation 5 shipped from Shepherdsville, Kentucky went all the way, what, to New York and then back. To New Jersey, to New York, all the way back to Kentucky. It started probably like 45, well, maybe a half an hour away from me. And it just came right back. Uh, all right. Let's get into our topic. So first topic is coming from PushSquare.com. I know, surprise, surprise, it's not IGN. And is written by Liam Liam Croft. Sony's PlayStation Plus subscriber count has dropped for the first time. In a little bit of a weird one, the number of PlayStation subscribers recorded by Sony has actually dropped for the first significant time. Detailed in the company's Q1 report for the 2021 fiscal year, there are now 46.3 million members. That's a loss of 1.3 million subscribers compared to the previous quarter. Across fiscal year 2020, Q1 recorded 45 million memberships, which then increased to 45.9 in Q2. It then traded upwards once more to 47.4 million in Q3, and finally 47.6 in Q4. The, le- the first count of the first fiscal 2021, that brings it back down to 46.3. So, uh, there's an update to the article. It says, speaking during a webcast, Chief Financial Officer... Blamed the quarter's decline in PlayStation subscribers and overall monthly active use on the previous year's coronavirus lockdowns and how they increased game time activity. Of course, 104 million is is not a strong number, but we're looking as a decline in trend. We don't think so. We are trying to analyze different elements, but there are no conspicuous. There's no trends that we can capture. Thank you. Maybe this month or next month we'll have a continue to watch and do an analysis. At the risk of repetition may i say that last year stay at home demand was so significant in hindsight so compared to that period last year as a trend of course it declined but compared to fiscal 2019 there is an increase 
Makes sense. So, I mean, obviously, you know, they just hit the nail on the head. I mean, obviously, everybody locked out with coronavirus. But I, I just asked you guys, and then, we'll, you know, we'll move on to this. Should this be concerning to Sony that they lost that many subscribers? No. No, I mean, obviously. I think they should be. The, the, the people. I mean, guys, <laughs> no, let's face ahead, it. Levi. That's the future. I mean, if you streaming services, that that is that is where it's going to be, just like it was with television, just like it was with movies, just like it was with music. Once that comes on the scene for entertainment, digital entertainment, when streaming services come on the scene, within a decade, it has dominated that entire industry. Uh, Xbox, they're 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 bringing it. They're coming hard. They've got 25 million subscribers. Sony has two, and they lost 25% of them last month. If they don't get on the ball with streaming services, no, no, no. Hold they on, will hold fall on. behind. They have, Levi, they have 46.3 million. No, they don't. They lost 1.3 million. They have 46.3 million members. Of PS Now. No, plus. PlayStation Plus. Oh, okay, so my bad, guys. My bad. I thought we were talking about their streaming service. My bad. No, no, no. You're, you're talking about, talking about the thing service. like I have where each month you get like two or three free games. Yes. Got, Correct. Okay, I got you. Got you. My bad. So, I mean, like, I mean, if this is a trend, if they continue to lose people, which I think at some point they're not going to stop losing people because there's always that, that dedicated audience, like, I have now PlayStation Plus re-up till 2025, so I'm good for the next four years. So I'm, I'm at least locked in until then. So I think there's always going to be this base that even if they lose some people, they're like ebb and flow, there's always going to be a chunk of, of PlayStation owners who are going to have PlayStation Plus because they just see the value in it. But unless this becomes a trend, if this is like a one-time thing, like you expect something like that, people are going to drop. It just happens, so... Uh, unless this becomes like a trend of month over month over month, they're just losing people. I don't think it's really concerning. I think their best course of action is to roll plus and now in together. I, I thought th- I honestly thought they were going to do that with the launch of the PS5. Uh, and I just looked up PlayStation Now subscribers. PlayStation Now members, as of March 31st of this year, there's 3.2 million people that have PlayStation Now. So. That that is a number that should be a little bit more concerning. Yes, because to me that's not a great conversion rate. And if they really, really like I said, like I mean, and I've mentioned this before, and you know, you can play with the price in a little bit, but I think that Sony is eventually going to have to roll in now with Plus. I agree. Otherwise, you're going to have Xbox run away with it because they're pushing thirty million, damn near ten times as many. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, okay, just first. Okay, as of April 22nd of this year, uh, Forbes is reporting that they have 30 million Game Pass subscriptions. Yeah, so it's 10 times as many. And, and I mean, my, my point stands, even though I was a little confused on, on which plus now. If they look at it this way, they roll them in together, they'll have as many streaming service members as Xbox. And that is what they desperately need. You know, I've even heard rumors of partnering with Netflix. I mean, that would be brilliant in my opinion. But they will have to get on the ball with the streaming service thing. I mean, I don't see any way they couldn't. And uh, Jeff Hanna agrees with me. So, I mean, as long as they're ahead of Nintendo, because Nintendo's really the one lagging behind with all the streaming stuff, 
I think they'll be fine. I think Sony is set up much better than Nintendo, and we know how well Nintendo survives. But yeah, I mean, PlayStation Now, obviously, as we talked about on the show, and as Steven highlighted in our previous episode, it's a different focus than Game Pass, because at this point, Sony cannot figure out how to release, you know, have a system like Game Pass where they're releasing all their AAA games for one monthly fee, which is small, much smaller than obviously selling that game for $60, $70, whereas Microsoft has figured that out. So, well, to take I, one little step back, I don't think, I don't think Nintendo has to play in that arena. Nintendo is like well, the, the I mean, kids' if you're talking home about console. Streaming, yeah, but if you're talking about streaming being the way to go in the future, they're going to actually have to get better with that because people have long complained about their online infrastructure and, game, and multiplayer online. Yeah, I guess I just visualize it as Nintendo. They kind of do their own little thing. There's, you know, the the they are like the original uh, home computer, the the gaming for kids. You know, the little the kids console. Even though it's great for adults too, it's awesome. I love my Switch. I don't think it's quite as critical for them as I say it is for Sony to get on the ball to compete with Xbox. Well, I, well, I agree yeah, they should do it, but I don't think it's quite as critical. I really believe if Sony doesn't get on the ball, they're going to fall behind and lose the generation. Nintendo, they're gonna you're gonna be able to do their own thing regardless. Whether or not PSN now is a really good deal for you know all the games you get, I think that what that says is, and then the numbers that you know Tricky read out there and that Levi was talking about, are that people want you're gonna get more subscribers if you're offering newer games for free, or not for free, but for a subscription service. If your subscription service offers newer games, that's where the money's gonna be, and that's where your followers are gonna be. PS Now, obviously, with the folks in older games, some people want that, but they're not getting a great conversion rate compared to, you know, I mean, maybe if you compare it to the PS5s that are sold right now, but, you know, obviously that number's been stifled by a lack of supply, but if you look at the number of people who have 4s and 5s, that, I mean, that's, like, that conversion rate's terrible, so people want newer games for cheaper, you know, in a subscription service like Games Pass, not as many people want to play older games for a subscription fee. See, I, I know that we troll each other and, you know, go give each other shit about Game Pass versus now, all this stuff. I, listen, I, I have said it before. Game Pass is a good uh, value service. To, to, no, let's but, be clear. Game Pass is better than PlayStation Now. No question. Okay, well, I, I will see. That's, that's what I was about to go into. I can't. I can't honestly say that it is a beta service. For the consumer, absolutely, it's a better service. For the developers, I think it's a horrible service. Because you go from selling your games for $60 a piece to breaking it down to Game Pass, which uh, if you buy it monthly, which is the most, uh, that, uh, the most expensive it is, it's $10 a month. And there's a lot of people, including myself, that have a year of Game Pass and I've paid a dollar. So you go away from selling your games for sixty dollars a clip, and you're only making a dollar for that game. It's not a dollar; it's a dollar reality, for your first month. It's fifteen bucks they get out of it. No, no, I have a Game Pass for a year. For I did $1. too for my very first year, but it's fifteen bucks okay, a month. So, okay, so even at fifteen bucks a month, you're spreading that fifteen dollars over the profits of. All your first-party games. I mean, they've already announced Halo Infinite's coming out on Game Pass. It, it to me for the for the consumer for Levi 
for uh, CJ and all them, it's an awesome value for them. And I understand their point of view. But me, I look at the other side and thinking this is horrible for the developers because these developers are not making the money back on the games for the time and service they put into it. Now, granted, the first-party games are... Uh, they are uh, Xbox in-house studios. Xbox has a lot of money. Uh, Microsoft has a shitload of money. I'm sure that they're making some kind of profit some way or somehow. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I think ultimately in the long run, Game Pass is going to hurt these developers and they're not going to be able to make the same quality games or make the advancements they need to keep up. For the consumer, absolutely great value. No doubt. For the developer side, I think it's ultimately in the long run it's going to hurt these developers not making the money and on these games. And my response to that is market share. They will gain market share. And that is what you're saying is the exact same argument they said about Netflix 10, 15 years ago and all of these other streaming services. Well, they have successfully rolled out first-party content. They they have paid their, you know, their private production companies um, all of these other movies they have acquired for for day one releases. Uh, if Netflix can pull it off, Microsoft can pull it off, and if Microsoft can pull it off, so can Sony. What I think is going to happen ultimately, and I, I I hope I'm wrong with this. I'm gonna I, I feel like the more Microsoft releases their first party games for Game Pass, the more you're going to see these games being inundated with uh, horrible microtransactions to make their money back. Well, I hope you're wrong about that. I I, 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 I really hope I'm wrong about that. But that's what I see this going. Because ultimately, in the long run, Microsoft and Xbox need to make their money to keep this going. Because they say that Game Pass is profitable. I have no reason to think they would lie, but I just cannot see how Game Pass is profitable for Microsoft. I'm not in their finances. I'm not in their books. I have no idea. I just, from the outside looking in, I cannot see how it's profitable. And I know, ultimately, businesses out there are out there to make money. That's their sole purpose in life, is to make money. And what I see is that as these games come out, you can see Halo Infinite. The multiplayer is going to get pushed. And I see a shitload of uh, predatory microtransactions being put into the game. And then we're going to, you know, come holiday season this year, you are going to see reports that people are bitching about the amount of microtransactions inside of Halo Infinite. I'm, 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 I hope I'm wrong. I seriously hope I'm wrong. But I, that's the trend I see. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Dead Space Remake is reportedly oh, yeah. in for a full 2022 release. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has been confirmed that the game is coming to the PS5 and the Series X and S and PC. It is not coming to the past-gen consoles. Uh, you know, we often talk about on the show that we do uh, a lot of the games are coming to uh, last-gen, uh, and, you know, they're not making games exclusive for the new-gen. Uh, is this a good move by EA, or is this not a good move? I mean, considering that if it's not coming out until 2022, and as we have a story later in the show, uh, console... Uh, availability may be better. you mind if I go first on this one since I'm, this game is probably a little more in my arena? Sure. All right, I'm going to say it's yet to be seen whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. The first point I'll hit on is their last release um, of information on this. They said, and I quote, 
we will be removing content from the original game to cater to modern audiences. And what we have seen time and time again the past year or two, what that means is they're going to remove things to keep from cancel culture, canceling their asses. They, they, they may do this, they may not, but uh, the, the fear is you've got these people taking the original creator's content from, you know, what, 10, 12 years ago and, you know, changing their artistic creativity to cater to modern politics. I hope they don't do that, but it is looking like that's a possibility. Um, aside from that point, this, well, honestly, the game, the game still stands up pretty well today. I don't think it really needs a remaster, but I love the idea of it. Uh, it's a masterpiece of a game, one of the greatest horror games of all time, and I welcome it with open arms. All right, yield. It's about time we start making some games exclusive for the five. But besides that, I hope they don't do what Levi is, is saying that they might do. I mean, the game was made this way. That's how it was made. You know, live with it. I mean, uh, not getting political, you y'all guy won't get political. Just live with it. <laughs> All right, Alex. I don't. I mean, it's been a while since I played Dead Space, but I don't know if I really remember anything that like shot off any like bells or rang any bells as far as like, hey, this is not PC. Like, I, I don't. I mean, the game was yes, violent, but. I don't remember anything from the first release that would have been like, hey, this doesn't fly now. All right, can I say something without getting political? Sure. Um, somebody who I don't remember who it was, I was listening to, they were talking about cancer culture, and they said the biggest problem with cancer culture is it, it's people now are getting hurt feelings over what was in the past. And he said something that kind of like it sticks with me. If you weren't offended by it then, you can't claim to be offended by it now. So, what you just said, and I'm not trying to, uh, to, to put words in your mouth, but the way you just said, I don't remember anything, that's great, but as soon as somebody points out, you're going to go, oh yeah, that was in the game. And that's the point where I say you can't really be offended by it because if you weren't offended by it the first time and it doesn't stick in your mind now that this was offensive, then you really can't complain about it now. Well, to be fair, Tricky, we all learn, we all grow, we evolve as people. True, And, True. you know, there are things that we learn that maybe we wouldn't have thought before was something that was derogatory towards another group of people or to another person. And you learn new things and you're like, okay, that's not cool. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. So, I mean, we do, we do learn and grow as people. Like, there are things that we, new knowledges that we gain as we, as we grow and we age that we didn't have before. So, and, and I'm, I, I'm fine with that as well. And I'm, I'm just saying, I don't remember anything about, you know, any kind of political commentary in, in the first Dead Space that would set off any alarms. Uh, but it was a while ago. So, I, I would hope that they would keep Dead Space as intact as possible because it was a really good game. Um, if there's in things in there that they need to examine or look at, you know, I'm sure those will come to light and, you know, maybe I can comment on them then. But I just, I don't 
remember anything that was particularly political about Dead Space that was, you know, really, really bad. And, like again, like I said, the, the violence was something that people would probably take issue with if, you know, somebody bought it for their kids. But beyond that, I, I don't know. Well, me, I'm going to choose to stay optimistic about this thing. They also said, and I should have mentioned this, they also said they are adding new content part of which is scenes that were previously cut from the original so um i'm all for it i mean when i i mean when i when i heard the, the thing about the modern audiences i was taking it to mean that they were changing the gameplay to be something more palatable to to people today to where you know and that's not what seen we Resident want Evil. well i mean we've seen resident evil like with they went that way and then they changed and, and have come back strong with a survival horror in Resident Evil Biohazard and then Resident Evil Village. So they've turned things around. the best thing they could have done. Exactly, because you expect that kind of thing from a Resident Evil game, just like you expect it from Dead Space. But, you know, when they went to Dead Space 3, they were moving more towards an action-oriented game, which is what they were perceiving modern audiences wanted. So what I read from their comments was that they were going to change the gameplay to be more like what you know, most mainstream people today would want to play. Now, we saw how that, the, how hard that impacted the Dead Space series in 3, so I hope they would make that decision again because, you know, you see how popular and how highly thought of Dead Space and Dead Space 2 are, and then you look at Dead Space 3 when it's more co-op-y and action-oriented and they've got microtransactions in there and people are just like, I, I got it for free for plus on the 3, and I never played it, and I love Dead Space 1 and 2, and I was just completely put off by 3. So I hope that they, you know, if they want to, you know, add, take things that they learn from later in the series and kind of incorporate things into Dead Space, I'm fine with that. You know, it doesn't have to be like a perfect recreation of Dead Space, but at the same time, learn from your mistakes, and Dead Space 3 was a huge mistake. Don't take the gameplay to be like, oh, we want this massively mainstream appealing horror game. No. Make a horror game with the elements that Dead Space had. And All right, speaking of horror games, Yield, you're not going to be happy about this. This is coming from IGN and written by Adam Bankhurst. Saber Interactive and Boss Team Games have announced that The Evil Dead, the game, has been delayed to February 2022 to give the, time, the team extra time to pause the game and to add in a single-player option. The delay was confirmed on Twitter with the team sharing the news alongside reassuring fans that this will allow them to create the, quote, ultimate Evil Dead experience you've all been waiting for. I'm not super pumped for the game. Really? Yeah. I thought you were a big... Uh... I'm a big Bruce Campbell fan, but I've never seen The Evil Dead. Okay. Now, my brother, Sir. on the other hand, he Sir. is the... But... Can you claim to be a Bruce Campbell fan and not ever seen Evil Dead? Like, that is literally that is, uh, the most... pretty wild. That is, that is essentially his career. Yeah, I know. I just... I haven't. I, I didn't start getting into Bruce Campbell until Briscoe County Jr., Sir, you would love Army of Darkness. Yeah, I, it, it's one of those things I need to go back and watch. There was an Evil Dead yeah, I'm, game I'm for PS2 that was pretty good. Never played that, and, and I'm assuming this is this is obviously not a remake of that. This is just its own new thing. It, I mean, I don't know if it's. I, I like Evil Dead. It's a cool story, and I think that the movie remake that they did you know, years ago was actually pretty good too. So if they, I mean, they'll have my money if they do this right, you know, and if it's a, it's a fun game to play and it's, it's scary and there's actually horror in it and it's a, you know, 
a tense game. So uh, I'm just, you know, I, I'm not saying like that it's not like top of my list, but I mean, if they do Evil Dead right, yeah, I mean, you have my attention. But yeah, uh, there, there was two of them, guys. But yeah, check them out. You've got um, you got the Evil Dead, A Fistful of Boomsticks, and the Evil Dead Regeneration. I've played both of them. They're amazing games for the PS2, Xbox, OG generation. Um, we won't get off on a and as we've tirade about them, but check them we, out. As we've learned, Levi is a master of, of the horror games. He is the harbinger of horror games. Yeah. All right. Who better than Moving Levi? On. Moving on, uh, this is also coming from IGN, written by Matt Perslow. Ghost of Tsushima Legend standalone version has been announced, plus a new mode. Developer Sucker Punch has announced that Ghost of Tsushima Legends, the co-op expansion for the single-player Ghost of Tsushima, will be released as a standalone game. In addition, Legends will also get a new mode later this year called Rivals. Uh, it will be available on the PS4 and PS5. The standalone version will be exactly the same as Legends Pose that is available for owners of Ghost of Tsushima main game, albeit missing some, missing some cosmetics unlocked in the campaign. It will contain all Legends content released in 2020, as well as upcoming additions. The new content includes Rivals, a brand new mode, also arriving on September 3rd. In this mode, two teams will compete... Two teams of two will compete to defeat waves of enemies. Defeating enemies drop uh, magma, mag, magma Tama, which can then be used to attack your rival team. Spending Magatama on shades will block your rival's team from making purchases, while buying curses will drain rivals' health and make bodies explode. Spending enough Magnatama triggers the final stand wave of enemies, and defeating them before your rivals will win you the match. It sounds a lot like Destiny 2's Gambit mode, which is certainly not a bad thing. Rivals will bring a new set of trophies and cosmetics to unlock. Joining Rivals is a gear mastery system, which expands on the Legend's current progression system. Players who have earned gear at level 110 can now bind it to a class and activate mastery challenges, which allow you to boost up to level 120 and unlock a second perk slot. A new ability and a technique are also available for each class. Now, I haven't gotten to Legends mode yet. Alex, you said you dabbled into it a little bit. Uh, is Legends mode uh, worthy of a standalone release? I, not having played Rivals yet, I mean, that may add something significant to it. But for me, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the the raid stuff. It was really difficult, and any team that I got in there on, like, I mean, we couldn't even get past the first trial, so that stuff I wasn't really keen on. You know, the story-based stuff was a lot of fun, the co-op story stuff, but after you've played all nine missions, I'm pretty sure it's nine, you, and, you know, you play them on all three difficulties, it's, you know, there's not really a reason to kind of go back and grind through it. So, I mean, if they added some more tales and stuff like that, that would be cool, but as is, like, I've kind of gone through all the co-op story stuff, and there's only so much life that that has, because, again, it's story-based. And then there was, uh, I guess, there was, I, was it survival that was just the wave-based, like, you win a team of four can go in against uh, ways of enemies uh, that I mean that was cool that was a lot of fun but to be honest like I did a lot of legends because of the trophies so having played through every mode at least once and gotten through all the story stuff there's no real reason for me personally to go back into legends and I'm surprised honestly that they're still putting I don't know I guess if you're going to do you know be like you're gonna make this big deal of releasing the multiplayer stuff after the game 
then if you want to keep supporting it, because they are going to keep supporting it with content going forward, I, I mean, you know, with I think it was like they said new maps and stuff, new maps for survival, new map, a new map for rivals. I mean, it's cool that they're still supporting it, but as someone who is really into Ghost of Tsushima, and to be fair, I'm not really big into online multiplayer, except in very specific games. So maybe I'm not the audience they're speaking to, but I would hope that Sucker Punch, there's still an audience for the co-op stuff for Legends, because, I mean, it is a really cool... It is it is fun, um, and, you know, if you are into multiplayer, and this is, like, the multiplayer in the game that speaks to you, I can see how you could keep playing it, but for me, as someone who just kind of preferred the story mode and going through it, you know, solo, Legends for me is kind of like a... It was like a, hey, I dropped in, I tried it out, I hung out for a little bit, and now I'm out, and I don't have a reason to go back in. So I am surprised they're selling it on its own, but that also probably means that they have data to suggest that that is still quite popular and that they think they can sell it. So, I mean, maybe they just, maybe they feel that the $60 buy-in for the original game on the PS4 is a little bit too much, and maybe they can get a bigger audience for Legends if they just sell it on its own. So what it's selling for twenty dollars, right? Yeah, I was gonna get into that after I got your opinions, but uh, kind of did it right now. Uh, if you own Ghost of Tsushima right now, Legends will be free of charge, uh, and it will not require you to make any more purchases. If you do not own Ghost of Tsushima, you can get Legends on the PS4 and PS5 for twenty dollars. And should you play Legends and want to upgrade to the full game, you can for forty dollars for the PS4 and fifty dollars on the PS5. And this move might be because they want a bigger audience for Legends and they feel that the $60 bar, like some people just go into games like Call of Duty and just play multiplayer. They don't necessarily play the story. So maybe they feel like if they can sell you just the multiplayer for, you know, 20 bucks, that'll get more people in the door and they can get a bigger audience for it. But Yield, have you dabbled in Legends at all? No, not at all. I played the single player and I'm good. You, you have no interest in Legends at all? Not really. But okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know about the other games in like the the Sony AAA studios, but it seems like they're putting far more effort into Legends than I thought they would initially. Like, I mean, I guess I say, like I said, if you're going to put this effort to release in the first place, you know, upgrading it with new modes, and new content is is the smart thing to do. You don't want to just abandon it. You know, if there are still people playing it, then you know, keep feeding them. At the same time, though, feed. I don't. Feed I don't more. know. How we don't need Ryback references on this show. We really don't. <laughs> I I just don't know how vi- much more life that they can get out of Legends, and are are they getting? And now and now as we learn more and more about the more of the work that's that their Sucker Punch is putting into into uh, not only Legends but Ghost of Tsushima, you got to wonder like are they maybe stretching Sucker Punch too thin? Like Sucker Punch has a very skilled team, but you know. Between creating new games, because I would like to see a Ghost of Tsushima 2, or, or, you know, a new IP, something else from Ghost of Tsushima, but how much... something else from Sucker Punch. Yeah, I mean, how much are we... How much are they willing to devote to Legends, which I I will say, you know, as someone who just kind of hung out for a little bit and then left, I don't know how much life they can get out of that thing. I mean, you gotta gotta try, you gotta support it, but, you know, and I love Ghost of Tsushima, but... The, the multiplayer just wasn't with if they had not done the trophy if there weren't trophies for it i'm gonna be honest i might not have jumped in because like i said before goshishima as a story-based game was enough for me like it was a full meal and i didn't feel like i needed to play anything else you know beyond the sequel beyond continued stories in the universe okay speaking of support we have to support ourselves with an ad levi one two three four or five four 
Be sure to follow us on all of our social media feeds. Just look for Proving Gamer on Twitter and Facebook. Be sure to also join the Trophy Horse Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash TW podcast. In the group is where you can ask questions for us to answer on the show. You can also send us an email via the Troy Memorial email. That address is trophyhorse at provengamer.com. Or if you would rather leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 330-PROVEN-9. That's 330-776-8369. You can watch our videos on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. You can also catch us streaming at twitch.tv backslash provengamer. And you can catch Tricky streaming for Extra Life every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash extra life for kids. Remember, that's the number four, not the word. All right. Uh, good news, uh, Alex and Gilbert. We have uh, some pre-records for these new ads, so you don't have to hear your voices anymore. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's good. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our topic of the week. And uh, I alluded to this earlier in the show, but we may not have any more uh, hardships finding PS5s. According to Sony, uh, this article is coming from IGN and is written by Joe Scribbles. Uh, that is a made-up name, so this may be a made-up story. Sony has secured enough components to hit its goal of selling 22 million PS5s by the end of its current fiscal year, despite an ongoing global semiconductor shortage. Speaking during an earnings webcast, Sony CFO explained that the company has taken, quote, various measures, end quote, in order to secure semiconductors and has seemingly been successful. Quote, for PS5 and the number of units to... To be sold this year, he explained, the target has been set and we have secured the number of chips that is necessary to achieve that. And regarding the supply of semiconductors, we are not concerned, end quote. Sony has previously said that its target to sell 14.8 million PS5s during the fiscal year 2021, April, 21, April 2021 to March 2022. After selling 2.3 million units in Q1, that leaves it with 12.5 million more units to make and sell this year. Reaching that target would leave the company having sold 22.6 million units since launch. Coincidentally, Sony wants to exceed the PlayStation 1's record sales of 22.6 million units in a single year during the financial year of 2022, although we not heard the company's plans for supply for that huge target. If this year's sales go as planned, it will be a major coup for Sony as both competitors and other tech companies continue to make clear that semiconductor shortages are constraining supply. It was only three months ago that Sony said it was expected PlayStation 5 shortages to continue into the next year, but it seems Jim, Jim Ryan's promise that the company was trying to increase production was, has borne fruit. Of course, it may, be, it may be that the bank continues to outstrip supply, but that issue seems to be eased in the next couple of months. Now, I just read the whole article, so please go give this article a click. Uh, so I'm going to start with you, Yield. Because uh, you were uh, very vocal about the shortages and whatnot. Is this Sony blowing smoke up our ass? It, it, does this really mean anything after the last year of, of how hard it was to get it and having to deal with uh, scalpers? Does this really matter in the long run? Uh, well, only time will tell. I mean, it sounds good. Uh, it, it almost sounds like damage control in a sense of after slapping everybody in the face going, Hey, we've sold 10 million copies and you can't get one. Um, I, they might have 
I mean, I work in the auto industry, and we're as slow as can be, and it has to do with the semiconductor. So everybody is fighting for this same semiconductor. So I, you know, maybe they made a deal, and they got a large shipment right now, and they're going to be able to hit their goal. We won't know until, you know, by the end of the fiscal year, if you start seeing more on the shelf. All right, Alex? So I will say that you mentioned blowing smoke up our asses. If Sony is blowing smoke up our asses and they don't make PS5s more available after saying something like this, that's going to piss people off. They're going to look really bad. So I don't think that Jim Ryan would be so specific with numbers if they, there wasn't a better supply of the conductors themselves and they didn't have, you know, they weren't in the position to actually fulfill that because, you know, they're also also speaking to investors and projecting to investors and if you miss those marks, man, those people really aren't happy. So heads will think, roll. I don't expect that he's blowing smoke up our ass. But the, the more PS5s are out in the wild, if they can get more out, you know, readily available to people, that's a good thing because there's obviously a demand. People want to buy the PS5. People want to, to play on the PS5. So I hope that, you know, people actually can get their hands on them now. And, you know, it, we get we got to play Dead Space on the 5. Levi, we can't leave people hanging if they want to buy a 5 or an Xbox Series X to play Dead Space on there. Uh, Le- Levi, what is... We haven't had you on in a while. Like, what is your view, the handling of tricky... Or the uh, trickies. PlayStation and Sony's, their handling of the... At least their PR of the... And the spin they put on the PlayStation shortages and everything. We know it's not all their fault. But we know that Yield and Tricky have taken certain offense to some of the milestones they've announced, as Yield alluded to in, in what he was saying. But how do you feel their PR has handled the shortages? I think they've shit all over their customer base. Really? I think they've okay, done it okay. time and time again. Even last year, they you know they got everybody to buy, say, Control and you know all these other games, and these these massive marketing campaigns, and then then the two months later they give that game away and you know just piss off their customers something fierce to the point they're having to give away refunds. You know they they mishandled you know the the sales of these PS5s. I mean religiously. Um, they won't ship them to the stores. Instead, they do these these big box. Um, I'm sorry, these these online retailers, and just let these bots buy them up completely. You know, uh, Joe's bot system buys 30 consoles and they sell them for two thousand dollars. And and they could have these controls in place to where people and limit these things. You know, put them in put them in physical stores. There was all these different ways they could have handled this for their loyal fans to be able to get a PlayStation, and they just didn't care. They didn't care about it. And then you've got little cheap shots like last week where they go bragging, oh, we've sold 10 million consoles. Yes, 7 million of that has been to bots. Um, just, I think they've done a piss-poor job every which way around with, with, with PR and the distribution of this new generation. I think it's pitiful. Now, to, to answer Tricky's question, you know, I, I don't necessarily work at an industry that relates to the semiconductors but what i will say the two industries i've worked in the past seven years you know um, steel for one spent six years working in steel and then in the past year working in construction and i have seen both of those industries 
um, the supply chains loosen up completely. People can finally buy their steel again. They can buy their aluminum. They can they can buy their stainless. They can buy their fabricated parts. You know, and on my and end, the prices are starting to come down on lumber. I heard that. Yeah, like for for instance, last night, and this isn't for a job I'm doing for a customer, but for me personally, for my backyard, I'm, I'm just building a little shed. I'm doing a you know a basic concrete pad and I'm building a nice little shed on it. I bought uh, severe weather pressure treated lumber two by four by eights last night for three dollars and 58 cents a piece a month ago i think the last receipt i pulled for a customer two by four by eight severe weather were right around twelve dollars so we've went from twelve dollars down to three dollars um, lumber prices are back down to pre-covid rates and every job that i'm booking right now i have no problem getting lumber um, we do a lot of paver patios and brickwork i used you know a month ago a month ago we actually we had to reset our entire backlog and we had an entire month of paver patios to do and brickwork we couldn't get any anywhere lowe's the little private distributors home depot nothing we could not get anything um, now we're turning out these paper patios left and right. And you look at stock online for Lowe's, um, 1,500, 2,000 pavers. I mean, it's, it's all you want now. So if, if, you know, if semiconductors have loosened up even remotely as much as lumber and steel and the other major commodities have, then I could definitely see uh, PlayStation hitting the mark they're talking about. We, I mean, you all seem to take more offense to their to Sony's recent comments than I have. Do you all actually think that there's a negative view of Sony and the PlayStation 5 in general? Because to me, it seems like even if people are pissed off, they still want to buy the console. Well, not me, and I've I've took the you know the ethical stand that I am not I'm not supporting Sony right now. Now I, I've supported Sony for for decades. Um, I'm as loyal a Sony fan as as there has ever been, up until probably the past year. Um, I've bought the one, two, three, four, and I've bought more Sony games than anything. But the way they have handled this whole situation with COVID, and and also the way they, you know, they they get people to buy all these big release games and then give them away plus two months later. My the way I am handling PlayStation this generation, and I'm I'm firm on this. You mark my word. I am buying a PS5 late gen, used. Or on a big Black Friday sale for a little bit of nothing. And I'm going to use my PS Plus library. I went on CD Keys and I backloaded four years of PS Plus for $26.85 a year. Four years from now, I guarantee you I'll have almost all of PlayStation's big releases for this generation. And I'll have hardly nothing in hardware. And I, to Sony will take a loss on me this gen. And I'll still wind up with everything they have because they have a shit model. They're they're not selling their value and they're pissing off their customer base. So that's that's how I'm handling this gen. I'm not I'm not going to cave and oh oh this game's coming out. I'm going to go buy my PlayStation 5. No, uh, they've crossed the line this gen, and this is how I'm handling Sony. So to be fair, one of the games that they released for a discounted price, people bought it, and then they released it for free on Plus was Maneater, and they gave out refunds for Maneater. And I think that you know we we've had this kind of view of PlayStation Plus and saying, oh, wait till it becomes free on PlayStation Plus or wait till it's discounted on PlayStation Plus. That whole issue, and unless I'm wrong, and someone can correct me, the whole issue of, you know, 
It's been more than Maneater, but that issue has been more recent. I don't know, Final Fantasy VII, Control, I mean, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's been more recent, and I think that after Maneater and them acknowledging that and, and giving out refunds, I think that they're going to be more careful about that in the future. Because, I, you know, I mean, I don't think that these plans for PlayStation Plus games are made, you know, a month before they happen. I think these are planned out and scheduled, you know, a year out, if not more. So well, I don't necessarily think that was intentional, but I also think that they're well, looking at that more closely. Look at it this way. If it was planned out for a year, let's use Control and Final Fantasy VII. If they were planned out a year, like you're saying, why would you have some major marketing campaign two months prior to giving it away to get everybody to buy Control and then Final Fantasy VII like they did this year? They, they've burnt me several times in the past year. Why, I mean, why would you do that? You know, if this is planned out, why would you get your most loyal? And they're, my my prediction is they're doing it right now with Ghost of Tsushima. They're this big push. They're trying to sell all these PS5 versions of Ghost of Tsushima. My prediction is we will have Ghost of Tsushima by the end of the year for Eon Plus. I think they're going to burn us again with Ghost of Tsushima. Well, look at this way. I think it's bad business. So I, I work with Whole Foods, and a lot of times we talk about sale prices. A lot of times we will get sale items. Uh, we'll get that are in ads and stuff, and it's like, okay, this is on sale, and we'll get, pull, put sale tags out. The item is either out of stock, or it has been discontinued, and we no longer sell it. So that can happen in a very like sale sale pricing doesn't always line up quite as well as it should in multiple industries. And I don't know how far out they plan that stuff, but you know, again, I don't think that Sony was trying to screw people with Manager. I, and I, I'm going to say, there's not a shot in hell we're getting Ghost of Tsushima or Plus by the end of the year. There's no way in hell they're going to Well, they, they did it with, what, uh, Final Fantasy VII, Control, and Maneater all in the past year, so. If they're smart, they'll wait till Ghost of Tsushima 2 comes out and then give it to us then. That, yeah, that's what they did with... Uh, Uncharted, right before Uncharted 4 launched, they released Gavis Lost but Legacy. That's, that's, Horizon, that's right back to my point. Look, you know, like what I'm saying, I'm going to wait till late gen. I'm going to have everything for a little bit of nothing off of PS Plus. I mean, why why wouldn't people start taking my stance on this if they know, okay, maybe we got to wait a year. The average gamer right now has a backlog of 80 games. Why not wait a year? And get all this stuff for free. I mean, that's that's the way they're playing the game. Why not take Levi's view and just wait and get it for free? Okay, but uh, let, let me ask you a question, Levi. If Ghost of Tsushima, and we're just using that as Game X, if Ghost of Tsushima never comes free, don't you feel stupid for waiting so long to play such a not great game? Not at all. Not at I mean, all. Because you're, you're, you're facing that right now with Skyrim. Skyrim came out years ago, and you're playing it now, and you're loving how much... Now, if you took that same that, stance on Skyrim years ago, that actually makes right my point for me, though. What you're saying, my backlog, as you know, I took many years off of gaming. My backlog is enormous. So, even if five years from now Ghost of Tsushima hasn't come out, yes, I will buy it at that point. I won't feel any regret at all because I have at least five years of gaming in my backlog. That's that's why also I'm able to take this more relaxed, more lax approach. Because of such a monstrous backlog that I personally have, but no, not at all, not at all. Would I feel stupid? Because, like you said, I've got Skyrim, all these other amazing games I have to play. What would really make me feel stupid 
is if I'm right and they burn us with Ghost of Tsushima, just like they did with Final Fantasy, Control, Manager, all these other games in the past year, I would feel really silly if I went and bought it and let them burn me again. That's what would make me feel really silly. I See, I... I I just disagree with you on that fact that we got burned with Control and with Maneater. See, I get burned a lot because I'm, uh, and I'm not trying. But you to, like, agree on Final Fantasy VII? Here. No, I, I don't think we got burned on that at all. Okay. I, I really don't. I mean, I bought Final Fantasy VII. It came out free. I didn't feel burned by it. I, it, it's, it, I just, I'm, I get burned a lot with Plus because. I'm one of those people that goes out day one and buys a game. Uh, and, you know, when it does come to plus, I, I do feel like a jackass, but I don't feel burned by them saying, oh, if I would have waited. Now, when it came to Assassin's Creed, what's the last one? Valhalla. Uh, why am I, thank you. When it came to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I've said on the show, I was going to wait because the game comes out in October. I was going to wait for a Black Friday sale. And sure enough, I waited. I got. I bought the game for a discounted price, and you know what? I haven't played Valhalla in months. So okay. So, I, as an example, like talking about feeling burned because you paid full price for a game and then it comes out for free on Plus later. So we was it last year that we got Horizon Zero Dawn free as part? Yes. Gave a bunch of other games yeah. and then Horizon Zero Dawn for a time was. Free. Yeah, that that was part of the uh, stay the at summer home. thing. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I don't feel burned because later on down the road it was free or a lesser price because I wanted to support Guerrilla Games and I was happy to pay $60 for that game because that game was worth $60 and more. So the fact that it was cheaper later doesn't piss me off. Well, the, you know, if I, I buy a game, I think we're kind of we're kind of twisting what I'm saying. My my point being that the burn comes from the the last minute push of a big sale, particularly like they did with Control. Um, which is why I'm saying they may do it again with Ghost of Shima. They push, oh, here's our new edition. Buy this Control Ultimate Edition. Everybody went and bought this Ultimate Edition, and they got the PS5 digital. Like, oh, well, you get the PS5 upgrade, all this other stuff. It was literally the next month they gave the damn thing away for free. I mean, that is burning your loyal fans. That that is what I view as burning the the luck of the draw. Like with Final Fantasy VII, yeah, I bought it day one. A year later, it was released. That's not being burned, but it's also not selling your value as a company. Eventually, people's going to see, okay, um, this is going to be free in a year, like they do with everything else, and they're going to quit supporting. That's what's going to kill these developers. That's what's going to kill first party. Is when people finally say, hey, it's going to be free in a year. Let's just relax and wait. Then PlayStation will have to back up and say, "Hey, we need to sell our value and quit giving stuff away." But see, I, I may be misremembering, and I could be 100% wrong with this. So, uh, you know, take that with. I don't think it was Sony that pushed the whole PlayStation Five upgrade. I think that was 505 Games, and uh, I'm forgetting the Square Enix. Uh, no, what are you talking about? Control. control. Oh, you're talking control. Remedy. Sorry. Remedy. Right. Final I don't think I Remedy. don't think it was Sony that was pushing. It was on Sony's the, side, uh, absolutely. It was on. It was it was front page on their sale that entire month. You went on SonyStore.com, Controls Ultimate Edition, and the explanation of the upgrade of the PS5. All that for like a month. It was on there. The very next month, it was free. right. But okay, I think you. I think you're not understand what I'm saying to you. That yes, it was on Sony store, but I don't think the marketing push 
was from Sony. I think that was from 505 Games pushing. I I think... It may have been, but the partnership is still there, Tricky. Whether it's... Jimmy or Joe pushing well, it, the marketing. It's a partnership. Well, it's it's the same thing that if you like you you own your own business, okay, and we and say uh, Trophy was a proof gamer, you know we you know are an outlet for you. Right? This is a very bad analogy. I'm, I'm going to say we're start, but if you were doing some kind of sale, you would expect us to act, to mirror that sale. But in reality, we're not do, we're not pushing the sale. It's you. We're just mirroring it for you. That's what I'm saying. I understand getting burned, okay? I, I really, honestly, I do. But I, when it came to Final Fantasy, when it came to Control, uh, I never felt burned by it because, one, I already owned those games. So, like, I, I had it, I owned them prior before the sale. So, that wasn't even an issue. I only feel burned in, in the case like Man Eater, where Man Eater was legitimately. Thrown out on sale, Sony knew knowing it was going on there, and then like Alex pointed out, they gave refunds to everybody. They did it on way. control as well. They gave refunds on control. So those two games, okay. the, it, they're apples to apples. The exact same thing happened. You might not be remembering it exactly right, but they did the exact same thing with those two games. Okay. Well, and 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 then I then I I know I sound like a Sony apologist when I do this stuff. Um, then you really can't. Hold them at fault for control. Then, maybe Final Fantasy VII, maybe, but you can't. If they issued the refunds, then they admitted they screwed up and they made good with. Well, I'm not going to say anybody's at fault. If that's the way you want to go to market as a company, if that's the way you want to play ball, that's your prerogative. They they could they could do this every game they release for the next ten years. I'm I'm just whether burned or not. I. I'm just saying going to market as a company in that way is bad business. You know, and that that's why I'm I'm laying back. Uh, you know, in, in four years I'm gonna have maybe three hundred and seventy five dollars into PS five hardware and software and I'll have a PS five in the entire library. As to where if they had went to market in a way that I deemed to be a little more ethical this whole past year they would get a lot of day one buys for me. I would have already bought the PS5. They would, you know, maybe thousand fifteen hundred out of me. Instead, they're going to get maybe three seventy five out of me on this gen. You know, other people it might not. They might not mind. But that's 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 how they're going to go to market. This is how I'm going to respond to the market. Uh, are are they right? Am I wrong? It, it doesn't matter. That's it's it's reactionary. That's how that's how and, I'm responding to, to the way they go to market. And to be fair with your plan, by the time you actually buy a PS5, this probably going to be a PS5 Pro. Probably. Well, Levi, one of you, one of your comments, uh, I, I I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like you're talking about like Sony not selling their value because people will just they're not going to buy games straight up when they release; they'll just wait for them to come to PlayStation Plus. Is is that kind of in the the ballpark there? I don't want to misrepresent what you said. Yeah, because um, I mean, you, were, you 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 know you you look at. You know, you look at a lot of these games, and you look at the conversations on the Loot Bros page and the Trophy Horse page, and you see a lot of these people. They they go day one, and they you know they buy these Death Strandings, and you know um, all these other games, and they they don't get to play them until a year later, and they'll come and they respond, "Oh man, I I still haven't opened my hard copy I bought day one, and now it's free." I mean, yeah, whether they feel burned about it or not is irrelevant. 
it will affect the way people buy video games. Well, I mean, I think it already has because we've heard that for years. But also, if you see that as something that is, you know, lessening the value of video games, but yet you're a supporter of Game Pass, which if introducing I don't, Game Pass, Game Pass doesn't give me anything. The PlayStation Plus, I own every single one of those games for a little bit of nothing. Game Pass, I have an opportunity for a few months, maybe a year, to play a game. Game Pass has got $400 out of me in the past two years, and I don't own a single game from them. They are selling their value through a service. But, so you introduce a service like that, would people ever go back to wanting to pay $60 for a game or $70 for a game when they can just get a subscription service, how is that not devaluing games? For the same reason that Netflix didn't devalue movies and television. I, I would disagree that it does disvalue. They did. Devalue those things I, I would say... I won't, I won't pay 20 to $30 for a DVD at the store. I'm just going to watch it on Netflix for my subscription fee. I would argue it has devalued movies and TV shows and uh, DVDs. Well, that would be a fair argument. I don't, I don't particularly agree with that. I think the industry as a whole has won, especially the consumer has won through these streaming services. I think when we look back, when I think movies and television back 20 years ago, I think of a bloated monopoly cable company that charged us $150 a month for their TV and 35% of what we were watching were ads that they were making 200 per person a month off. I mean, it was the greatest racket in the history of rackets. I mean, cable companies were hosing us left and right. Netflix and the others came in and basically busted a monopoly, helped the entire industry as a whole, and tremendously helped the consumer. So I, I don't see... I don't see this like you guys do at all. Yes, yes, good for the consumer, but look at streaming services like, say, Spotify for music. Instead of going to buy CDs and LPs and records and stuff, you can have a subscription to Spotify and have a la carte music, which I would argue has devalued the price of music over time. You have a subscription service like Netflix or you have Hulu or Amazon Prime where for a certain subscription fee, you can get a la carte and a buffet style of just all these television and movies where you are getting far more value than you are paying for. And that, to me, has decreased the, the value of a single TV show, video game, or not a video game, but a DVD, a movie that you could buy in the store. Because like I said, I'm not going to go buy the DVDs or, you know, the rise of Netflix has coincided with my unwillingness to buy DVDs in stores now. And, you know, it's a great value for consumers and for us, but... You know, Nintendo brought this up years ago about how mobile games were devaluing games. You look at the constant sales that are going on with video games now, and you have stuff, a service like uh, Game Pass, which is, yes, a great service for consumers, but overall takes down the value of video games because people are no longer willing to pay what they used to for video games. Look, look at the same thing, uh, just to uh, add on to your example here. Look at iTunes. iTunes has effectively killed the CD market because now nobody wants to go out and buy a, a, a CD for $12, $15, $20 when they can go on to iTunes and buy the song that they want for $0.99 cents and move on. Subscription services are the way that the industry is moving because that's what people want, but it's not necessarily good for the media themselves or the media themselves because now you look at like Game Pass. Game Pass is great, but... Would could Xbox ever take that away and be like, okay, this isn't working for us? We want you to buy Halo Infinite for seventy dollars, 
or we want you to buy Psychonauts 2 for $70. No, the Xbox, you know, the people who buy into Game Pass be like, no, we had it so much better with this, we're not going to go back to that. Right, Yield, you've been kind of quiet during this whole entire thing. Do you have any opinions? No. You just want to leave it like that? Yes. All right. Uh, Let's move on. Let's do another ad. Yield, one, two, three, or five. No, it doesn't matter. Just take one. How about this one? Time to check my social media. That's a good one. That's the one I was going to play anyway. Okay. Yield wants to get out of here and uh, play video games. All right. We're, we're going to move quickly. Uh, we have some listener questions. Uh, so we're going to do this, and then we're going to go into the Be Legit, and then we're going to close out the show. All right. So first question comes from Gareth, because uh, we were just talking about PlayStation Plus and whatnot. Uh, he sent a picture of the PlayStation Plus games years to date. How would you rate these offerings overall, and which are your standouts? Yield, let's start with you, sir. Well, I don't know necessarily I would rate them. Um, start out the year, not bad. Middle of the year has been, or the middle of these offerings, April through May, I would say, were probably the best, in my opinion. And we knew eventually that the stellar lineup that they were putting out was eventually we were going to hit a brick wall. And over the last little couple months, we've kind of hit a brick wall. And I think that there you'll ramp back up again going into Christmas. Um, favorite month, favorite month I would say would probably be April because you got days gone. You got zombie army four, which is a, if you like sniper elite games, that's, you know, basically sniper elite with zombies and you got a f- new PlayStation 5 game in Oddworld Soulstorm. So, that would probably be the best month, I would think, in my opinion. All right. Uh, Levi? Um, I've got several standouts of Plague Telling Us, and it's one of my favorite games last year. Control, as everybody knows, the Remedy, the main three Remedy games are all three in my top ten. So, that's... You know, Control Room, amazing games. Final Fantasy VII, another masterpiece. Days Gone, beautiful game. Tomb Raider is very high on my queue of my backlog. I'm wanting to play it soon. So really, we're averaging a, a great month, a, a really great game every month and a half. All right, Alex? PlayStation Plus, the free games, they, they're always going to be up months. They're always going to be down months. And, you know, it's going to be different for all of us based on the, the games that we like. But I think they've, you know, released a lot of, you know, of their heavy hitters, some of their, their biggest games. You know, the guys have mentioned Days Gone. Uh, Control is another heavy hitter. Uh, Wreckfest, you've got Final Fantasy VII in there. I mean, Battlefield Five is a big game. Call of Duty Black Ops Three is another big game. Squadrons, uh, a version of Virtual Fighter Five is in there. Maneater is a game that a lot of people really, really enjoyed, and they're releasing a lot of free games, like a lot of day-and-date games for the five, like Destruction All-Stars. So I think that overall it's been a pretty good year for PlayStation Plus. I feel like there's you know at least a few games in there that all of us could really enjoy. Uh, Concrete Genie was a game that I particularly enjoyed quite a bit. Not an overly long game, but an enjoyable game nonetheless. So paired with Control, I feel like February is a pretty good month. You know, uh, Maneater is a game that I downloaded in January, and I'm going to be playing that on the 5 after I get done with Ratchet and Clank, so I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, the ability for more people to play Days Gone is, you know, 
is a good thing. Um, you've got some misses in there. WB Battlegrounds, I hear, is not a great game. But overall, they've got they've had pretty good offerings this year. And like I said, there's every month's not going to be a winner. You're not going to find something every month you want to play. But as long as you find a few games in there, you're going to get more than your value from PlayStation Plus. So I think they've done a really good job overall, you know, um, offering games. So, so what would you call your favorite month? I would have to say February with Control and Concrete Genie. Okay. Uh, my favorite month uh, would have to probably... I'm, I'm trying to pick because every month I've had at least one of these games owned already. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say March because we got four games there. It was uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Remnant, uh, Maquette, and I forget the fourth one. I've been Call of Duty. It is, it is not, but I can't. Uh, I can't tell from this picture with four points. Yeah, PowerPoint, Thank you. All right, moving on to the next question. Uh, if, I, if I had hold on, if I had to give it a rating, I'd say so far, it's a good seven out of ten. All right. Uh, the artist formerly known as Ponder Stibbins asks, "Name a game that ever only got one entry that you think deserved a sequel." Uh, there was a game by Capcom. I think was it high. I think it was Capcom and High Moon Studios on the PlayStation Two called Dark Watch, starring Jericho Cross. Um, that was really good. And there actually there have been rumblings of a sequel, but there's nothing has ever happened with it. But uh, yeah, a sequel to Dark Watch on the PS Two, that would have been really good. All right, I, I'm going second because I normally go last because I don't want somebody to steal my answer. But Days Gone, definitely think that deserves a sequel. Yield. Uh, the one I can think of off the top of my head, Sky Odyssey. All right, and Levi. Arcadia for Dreamcast. All right, uh, he has another question. Uh, he said, "When is how is Levi going to do a be legit update when he hasn't asked for July scores yet?" And I said, "Great question." I've got all the scores. Take care uh, of that already. But we, yeah, we got everybody's scores. Uh, so the next question was actually for Levi, and then Homer comes in for a question that's directed straight at Levi. He says, seriously, how betrayed do you feel by your fellow gamers that told you God of War was better than Skyrim? I feel I betrayed the entire community by making the post in the first place, by asking which of the two was better and which of the two I should play first. I asked them as if those two may be equals. They are not equals. There is no comparison between Skyrim of God of War. That is comparing like God of War, just like a really good a great high school basketball team compared to Skyrim like 1992 dream team I mean there's there's no comparison all right all right uh so Levi I am going to throw the floor to you right now uh give the be legit up I'm going to give a full rundown this time but uh yeah Ponder Stebbins still a commanding lead with 66 points We've got Tricky Mick in second with a 35 points. We've got CJ in third with 25. Daryl and JT are tied for fourth with 21 points. Let's see here. We've got the reigning champ is really picking it up. He got eight this month. But um, James McCall with 19 which is tied with, let's see, somebody else here has 19. No, they don't. 
Uh, next after that, it's me and Yield are tied for seventh. Me and Yield each have seven points. We are we are tied. Let's see here. After that, fifteen. Let's see here. We've got T Bird. Nope, nope. Sorry, we've got Homer. Homer's in eleventh place with twelve. I skipped. Kalai, Kalai, sorry. I've, I'm trying to go through them all. Kalai has 14 points, so she is in ninth place. Uh, Homer, 12 points. Matthew Malden, 11 points. Let's see. Gareth Davis, I skipped him. Sorry, Gareth. Gareth has 13. We're all right here in the teens. Sorry, guys. T-Bird with 11 and then we have Noah the Builder coming on strong with nine. Now, to anybody who knows, Noah the Builder is actually Daryl's son. Yeah. Well, yeah, another another good month. Uh, not not our greatest. Uh, winner of the month was the reigning champ, James McCall, with eight points. And you Ponder made it seem second like you were place closer to Ponder. Tricky made it seem like he was well, close I, to Ponder, and that's not true. I, I was close half. to Ponder, but Ponder kind of took off. Yeah, he's a little over half of what Ponder uh, has. Ponder has 66 games. Tricky, but Tricky has 35. Tricky is a commanding second place. So, with that being said, I think that's our last question. I'm just, uh, just response to Homer saying the Skyrim is better than God of War. Nitro said, are you on drugs right now? Everything is better than Skyrim. Homer told him to get out with a GIF, which Nitro responded with a suck it back to Homer GIF. Uh, so that is it. All right. So with everything being said, let's close out the show. We do have to do an ad this time. So Alex, one, two, three, or five. Five. This portion of the show is brought to you by Twitch Prime. Did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew it every month. Otherwise, Amazon is just going to keep your money, though. So remember. So why not just give it to us instead? All right. With that being said, let's close out the show because Yield wants to go play some video games. Yield, your shout out, sir. Shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Uh, shout out to... Tricky and his buddy for hooking everybody up up here with a five. Um, shout out to Levi for coming on tonight. Uh, and shout out to you, all the fans of the Hordom, downloading, listening, interacting with us, doing your thing, trolling Tricky and his bad puns or his bad trolls, everything. It's cool. Peace out. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Shout out to the legit squad You are the fearless heroes of the industry Keep doing your thing And uh, avoid those rat spams Alright Alex Shout out to the listeners, the fans The fuel to the fire of this trip of yours Thank you all for continuing to support the show The community, we love all the questions That we got this week uh, From Homer, from Ponder Or the artist formerly known as Ponder And then also from Gareth as well Thank you all very much for so many questions Shout out to, to Tricky and to Yield, especially Tricky For he was planning to take this week off But thank you for coming to record with us a Big shout out to Levi, it is always a raucous time Having Levi on the show So we will look forward to our next monthly outing with Levi And 
Last but not least, give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend Ashley. Yes, Tricky helped, but Ashley was the one who definitely dropped, uh, obviously dropped the dough to get me a PlayStation Five. Uh, it was a very, very nice gift. I loved it. Uh, I appreciate it. I thank you, thank you, honey, for uh, you know. Even if I tried to ruin the surprise, if you seen the video on the thread, I oh yeah, I you definitely it. tried to ruin I the surprise. I can't it. help it. I saw the box and like, there's a PlayStation Five in there. I could not help myself. So she tried to tell you she bought decorations. Yeah, Facebook decorations that she wanted to have. It- Anyway, uh, thank you, honey. It was even <laughs> even if I tried to ruin the surprise, I loved it. It was a very very nice present, uh, nicer than I deserve. So uh, I just want to say thank you very much. I love you. All uh, right, and I just want to say the the note was the best part of that box. Yeah, Tricky opened up. If you didn't see the note, Tricky opened up the box and left a note saying that he had to open the box to make sure there was not a brick inside. Because you better believe that I would never live that down if I opened the box and there was a brick inside. <laughs> no, uh, I think Ashley would have drove to New York and killed me. It, it, did. it would have been fair. You would have been well earned. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, shout out to Alex and Yield. Uh, twerp you to Alex's computer for making me have to show up to record because I was sitting on my couch watching uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, depending uh, on which one you were watching, you probably should thank me then. I just finished World's End. I was moving on to the next one, which I'm escaping the the fourth one. I can't remember the name of it. Dead Man. No. Dead Man Tell No Tales? Yeah, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Which is actually uh, not too bad. And shout out to Levi, uh, even though he doesn't know the difference between a trophy and a human. Okay, tricky. <laughs> you know I love you, Levi. Uh... Shout out to Sweet Mama D. Uh, shout out to everybody. And if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Bye, guys. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs>